0: In our last episode, we looked at the cross-examination of the defendant about the events of August 25, 2020, up to just before he shot Joseph Rosenbaum. On today's episode, we conclude our look at Rittenhouse's testimony, beginning with the Rosenbaum shooting. That's coming up right after the break.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves...
0: Last episode concluded with Judge Bruce Schrader telling prosecutor Thomas Binger in a sidebar hearing that he could not use the pinch zoom function on his iPad to enlarge a portion of drone video footage in cross-examining defendant Kyle Rittenhouse about the moments when he shot Joseph Rosenbaum four times. After the jury returns to the courtroom, Binger puts that drone footage up on the courtroom monitors and plays the section of Rittenhouse turning into the driveway of the car source lot as Rosen bound chases him. He then asks the defendant,
2: now, Mr. Rittenhouse, you told us earlier everything that you did when you first got to this location, correct? Yes. What you didn't tell us is that right here on the video,
3: you have your gun raised, don't you? I, I, I can't see it.
0: Technicians move the monitor closer to the defendant.
3: It doesn't look like I raised my rifle. It looks like my shoulder's up, but my rifle is pointed downward.
2: So your testimony today, today under oath is that you have no memory of raising and pointing your rifle when you first got to that location. Is that right? Yes. You see yourself put the fire extinguisher down. I see myself drop it. Yes.
0: Binger continues the video for a few moments and then pauses it.
2: In this video at this point, Mr. Rittenhouse, you have turned around and you are pointing your weapon at Mr. Rosenbaum, correct? Yes. And there is a point, let's continue the video, please.
3: The
0: video continues as Binger offers a description for what is happening on the screen.
2: There's a point where Mr. Rosenbaum is running after you where he raises his hands and leaps up in the air, correct?
3: I wouldn't say he leaped in the air. I'd say he, like, he continued to run at me. He just threw his hands up. He threw both of his hands up in the air,
2: right? Yes. And you could see that he was unarmed, correct? Yes. Joseph Rosenbaum never touched you in any way during that incident, correct? He touched my gun. He didn't touch your body in any way, did he? No. He didn't kick you? No. He didn't punch you? No. Other than that plastic bag, he didn't throw anything at you? No. He didn't have a gun on him? No. He didn't have a knife on him? No. He didn't have a chain on him? No. He didn't have a bat on him? No. He didn't have any weapon of
3: any kind, correct? Other than him grabbing my gun, no.
2: Well, he didn't have possession of that gun. You did, correct? I was holding it, yes. And it was strapped to your body, correct? Yes. At all times during this incident, you retained possession of your AR-15, correct? yes you characterize characterized mr rosenbaum as, as advancing on you speeding up towards you but you actually slowed down didn't you because of the people around the cars yes but after the shooting you run around those cars and head back towards the direction you originally wanted to
3: go to right yes so those people didn't stop that did they they weren't there after i shot mr rosenbaum
0: In fact, the video seems to show that the crowd was already scattering when Rittenhouse ran into the lot, brandishing his AR-15. Binger seems to get lost tactically here. He might make a resonant point if he follows through with the idea that the defendant's ability to move through the cars was never impeded by the crowd. But instead, he abandons that line of questioning. They
2: scatter after you fired your gun four times, didn't they?
3: Yes, they weren't there anymore.
2: And you've heard Dr. Kelly's testimony that the first gunshot from you to Mr. Rosenbaum caused Mr. Rosenbaum to start falling to the ground. Did you hear that testimony? I, I did. And then you continued to fire three more shots into him after that, didn't you?
3: I continued to fire until he was no longer a threat to me.
2: When he's falling to the ground in front of you, he's no longer a threat to you. His pelvis is broken, right? I, I don't know. But he's fallen to the ground, isn't he?
3: He's I saw him ledging towards my gun and he I remember his hand on the barrel of my gun.
2: Because he was trying to push it out of the way so you wouldn't shoot him. What was the risk to you of death or great bodily harm at the moment you killed Joseph Rosenbaum.
3: If I would have let Mr. Rosenbaum take my firearm from me, he would have used it and killed me with it and probably killed more people if I would have let him get my gun.
2: Mr. Rosenbaum never said anything to you about taking your gun, did he?
3: He didn't say anything, but he tried to take my gun. If if he would have taken my gun, he would have used it against me.
2: Let's break that down. First of all, you had already prevented him from taking your gun by running away and doing that little dip and dodge that Mr. McGinnis talked about, right?
3: He was still coming after my gun.
2: But you could have kept running. You could have turned
3: back around like you did, couldn't you? No, I couldn't have.
2: You have the gun strapped to your body at this moment, correct? Yes. The strap is designed to keep that on your body so it doesn't come off, correct? to to help retain it, yes. And you have both hands on the gun, correct? Yes. He never said anything to you about using that gun at all,
3: correct? I don't know what Mr. Rosenbaum was thinking when he tried to grab my gun.
2: You just assumed that he was going to use it, that he was going to try and take it from you, first of all, and then you assumed he was going to try and use it on you.
3: If I would have let Mr. Rosenbaum get my gun, he would have killed me. Did you want him
2: to think that you were going to shoot him? No, I never wanted to shoot Mr. Rosenbaum. Why did you point it at him if you didn't have any intention of shooting?
3: He was chasing me. I was alone. He threatened to kill me earlier in that night. I didn't want to have to shoot him. But you
2: understand... How dangerous it is to point a gun at someone don't you?
3: I pointed at him because he kept running at me and I didn't want him to chase me.
2: But you understand how dangerous that is don't you?
3: I pointed at him because he was chasing me.
2: I'll ask the question a third time Mr. So You understand. Uh, don't how- comment. Um, uh, just ask your question. You understand dangerous it is to point a gun at someone, correct? Yes. You understand that that puts someone else in fear that they're about to be killed, right? He was chasing me. You understand that when you point your AR-15 at someone else, that may make them feel like they are about to
3: be killed by you, correct? Mr. Rosenbaum was chasing me. He said he was going to kill me if he got me alone. I was alone. I was running from him. I pointed at him, and it didn't stop him from continuing to chase me. Did you hear my question? Yes. yes.
2: Yet you chose not to answer.
3: your honor. Me answering. just didn't like to answer.
2: My question is, you understand that when you point your AR-15 at someone, it may make them feel like you're going to kill them, correct? False for
0: speculation. He asked if it it would affect someone that way, so as to perhaps deter the person.
2: Do you understand my
3: question? I do. Can you please answer? I did. I said, Mr. Rosenbaum was chasing me. I pointed my gun at him, and that did not deter him. He could have ran away instead of trying to take my gun from me. But he kept chasing me. It didn't stop him.
2: Mr. Rittenhouse, you're telling us that you felt like you were about to die, right? Yes. But when you point the gun at someone else, that's going to make them feel like they're about to die, right? That's what you wanted him to feel. No. You wanted him to get the message from you that... If you come any closer, I'm going to kill you. That's why you pointed the gun at him, right? I pointed the gun
3: at him to deter him from... I I pointed the gun at him so he would stop chasing me. That's why I pointed the gun at him.
2: Because if you point the gun at him, you were hoping he would stop chasing you because he would get the message from you that if he keeps coming, you're going
3: to kill him. Right? I didn't want to have to kill Mr. Roosevelt.
2: That's not the question I asked. (laughs) You, the, the,
0: okay. it's it's serving <laughs> no, it seems argumentative, <laughs> Mr. It's, Mr. It's, uh, he said it serves no useful purposes badgering. Finger adjusts to the sustained objection by trying to ask the question in a different manner.
2: The point I'm trying to get at Mr. Rittenhouse is that that wasn't like an accidental turning around and it just happens to be pointing in his direction, much like I just happen to you know, wave this around. You made an intentional decision in the middle of that incident, to turn and point the gun at Mr. Rosenbaum, correct? Yes. And you can understand why that would make someone fearful for their life, right? But he
3: continued to chase me after, so no, I can't. It didn't work. It it didn't stop Mr. Rosenbaum from chasing me.
2: And even after you shoot him one time and he starts falling, you continue to shoot three more times,
3: right? Right. I continued to shoot until he was no longer a threat to me.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
0: Prosecutor Binger continues his questioning of Rittenhouse, focusing on the immediate aftermath of the Rosenbaum shooting. And then after that, you run around And he's lying there, face down on the ground,
2: correct? Yes. And you're a medic, correct? I I have first aid training, yes. Well, you proclaimed yourself that night to be a medic, an EMT. You told everyone that, right? Yes. And you had your medic bag with you, correct? Yes. And this location is right across the street from a hospital, isn't it? Yes. But your first thought was, run away. My first thought was to help him. You didn't do anything
3: to help him. You didn't do a single thing, did you? The crowd started to scream, get him, get him, get him. And I didn't want to stay there with the crowd building and the mob advancing on me.
0: Binger plays a video of the aftermath of the Rosenbaum shooting. In the video, we see journalist Richie McGinnis immediately rendering aid to Rosenbaum. Meanwhile, Rittenhouse's first action is to pull out his phone to call Dominic Black. He then flees the scene. Notably, the crowd does not start yelling anything at him until after he's already started running away. No one in that crowd
2: yells, get him or anything threatening towards you until after you start running away, right? No. You had time in that moment to make a phone call, didn't you?
3: I. Called Dominic Black, yes.
2: You could have called 911, right? Yes. But you chose to call your best friend, right?
3: I called the first number on my phone.
2: Is that quicker than three digits, 911?
3: I just, I don't know.
2: And then you started running? Yes. And the first person you encounter as you're running is Jason Lakowski, correct? Yes. This is a person that you had barely known for 15 minutes that night, right? Yes. And you told him you didn't shoot anyone, correct? No. You heard his testimony about that, right? Yes.
0: Prosecutor Binger plays another video that shows Rittenhouse running past the camera as he flees the car source lot. We hear someone yell, why did you shoot him? And then Rittenhouse's reply, he had a gun. So we'll yeah, like six shots all yeah. off. Yeah. Are people
2: in the crowd that are asking you why you just shot someone, right? Yes. And you told him he had a gun.
3: I, at the time, I was a little dazed and I was thinking of Mr. zaminsky with the pistol he had at the Duramax.
2: So you shot Mr. Rosenbaum because Joshua Zeminski had a pistol? No. You don't get to shoot someone else. You don't get to shoot someone else because someone else no. has a gun, right? No. But you told the crowd he had a gun, didn't you? That's what I said. And that wasn't true. Mr. Rosenbaum never had a gun, right? He, he didn't have a gun.
0: Binger moves on to the video shot by Gage Grosskreutz as Grosskreutz ran alongside of Kyle Rittenhouse. Shots. are you doing? Hey, what are you doing?
2: You shot somebody? You told Mr. Grosskreutz you were going to the police, right?
3: Yes. And then you
2: said, I
3: didn't shoot anyone, right? I don't, I can't really make out what the last part of the words were saying. Do you remember what you said? I remember saying, I think I said I had to.
0: Binger replays the video and then asks the defendant, Aren't your exact words, I'm going to the police, I did
2: not shoot anyone?
3: That's what I remember from that night, but watching that, it sounds like I said I didn't.
2: That, again, was not true. You just had shot someone, correct?
3: I
0: did. Why didn't you tell the truth?
3: I was being chased by a mob, and I don't really remember that interaction very well.
0: Binger moves on to discuss the defendants encounters with Anthony Huber. He plays the video from Brendan Gutenschwager of the moments leading up to Rittenhouse falling to the ground.
2: Now, we've heard a lot of testimony about this person who comes up behind you with something and hits you in the head. We've heard about Anthony Huber's first approach to you with his skateboard, correct? Yes. You testified that after a few more feet, you felt lightheaded and you stumbled. That's what you told? when your attorney was asking you questions, correct? Yes. No one knocked you to the ground. You lost your own
3: balance, correct? I was hit to the point to where I stumbled.
2: You said in response to your attorney's questions that you stumbled because you were lightheaded. Do you remember telling us that? From getting hit, yes. You were lightheaded because you had been running and you were being chased. That was why you were lightheaded,
0: right? That and being hit yes binger plays the video a bit further and focuses on the defendant's interactions with a man who tries to kick him in the head
2: there is an individual who comes at you and uh jumps towards you and attempts to kick you correct he does kick me yes and you fire two shots directly at him with your ar-15 correct yes you intended to hit him with those bullets correct I intended for him. Yes. At that close range, it's a miracle that you missed, right? I don't know. You intended to kill him with those shots, didn't you? No. Did you even care whether or not those two rounds were going to kill him?
3: I didn't want to have to kill anybody that night.
2: You shot at him with the intent of hitting him and killing him, correct? I didn't want to kill anybody. Then why are you shooting at someone with an AR-15 at close range if you don't want to kill him?
3: Because he's attacking me and stomping my face in, jumping and kicking my face in.
2: You didn't see any weapons on that person, did you? No. You didn't see a gun? No. You didn't see a knife. No. You didn't see a bat or a club. No. You didn't see a chain. No. All he uses is one foot, correct?
0: Yes. Binger continues to play the video through the moment the defendant shoots Anthony Huber. You've just shot
2: a round into Anthony Huber's chest, right? Yes. Now, up until this moment, and probably for the rest of that evening, you didn't know the name Anthony Huber, did you? I did not. Up until this moment in this evening, you had never had any interaction with him, took any notice of him, fair to say? Yes. And when you shoot him, he's got his skateboard in his hand? Yes. You didn't see any gun in his hand, correct? No. You didn't see a knife? No. You didn't see a bat? No. You didn't see a club? No. All he's got is the skateboard, right? That he's hit me in the head with twice, yes. Okay and you intended to pull the trigger at that moment with your ar-15 correct yes that wasn't an accident no that was your deliberate decision correct yes and you knew that the way that gun was positioned you were going to fire that bullet right into his chest
3: right he was attacking me so i pulled the trigger
2: and you knew that when you pulled that trigger that bullet was going to go right into his chest didn't you I can't
3: say... I don't know where the bullet would have went exactly.
2: The end of that gun was pointed directly at his chest when you pulled the trigger, correct? Yes. And you knew that, correct? Yes. And you still pulled the trigger, didn't you? Yes. Because you intended to kill Anthony Hubert at that moment, didn't you? No. What did you think was gonna happen then? You got a gun that's aimed directly at his chest, You pull the trigger. What did you think was gonna happen?
3: If I didn't pull the trigger, I thought Mr. Huber was gonna kill me.
2: Maybe I misphrased my question. Let me try again. When you pull the trigger of the AR-15 and it is directly against Anthony Huber's chest, what did you think was gonna happen to Anthony Huber?
3: That he would no longer be a threat to my safety.
0: Because he'd be dead, right?
3: Because he wouldn't be a threat to me. I don't know if he'd be dead or not.
0: The prosecutor continues the video until a few moments before Rittenhouse shoots Gage Grosskreutz. The next shooting is of Gage Grosskreutz. We have stopped the video
2: at a moment here when he is crouched in front of you with his hands in the air, correct? Yes. Your gun is pointed at him, isn't it?
3: It's pointed downward towards his feet.
2: It's pointed at his body some part of his body correct yes and he's no threat to you at this moment Inception, is he your honor he's standing in front of him with a gun that's an uh, argument you can make i'm asking a question of the witness you can the yes. he's no threat to you at this moment
3: is he he is a threat he has a gun in his hand you saw that gun yes
2: so at the moment throughout all of these moments of your interaction with mr grosskreutz you were aware of the fact that he had that gun in his hand, correct? Not until that moment. I'm talking about from this moment on, correct? Yes. And of course, that's a handgun, right? Yes. And you have an AR-15, correct? Yes. And at this particular moment, he's not pointing his gun at you, is he? Not at that moment. But you've got your gun pointed at him, correct?
3: Looking at the video, I think I'm lowering my weapon I think it's just a still shot of where you have it or where that but I believe in the whole video I'm lowering it and then he points his gun at me.
2: Can you help me understand Mr. Rittenhouse why Gage Grosskreutz with a pistol in his hand is a threat to kill you but you with an AR-15 pointed at him is not a threat to kill him
3: at this moment.
2: Can you help me understand that?
3: I've been attacked by several people, and he decided to come and point a gun at my head Well, first.
2: He hasn't done that yet, has he? No. So again, I ask you, in this moment, you told us Gage Grosskreutz is a threat to you right now. Yes. He's got a pistol not aimed at you. You've got an AR-15 aimed at him. Why is he more of a
3: threat to you than you are to him? because he was, a, he was moving at me with a gun in his hand.
0: Binger then moves the video onto the moment that Rittenhouse pointed his rifle at Grosskreutz. At this particular moment,
2: he does not have that pistol pointed towards you, does he? He does. His left leg has stepped across, in an, not directly towards you, but to the side of you, correct? Yes. He's reaching in with his left arm towards you, correct? Yes. He never steps back and puts the gun in both hands in a ready-aim position towards you, does he? He doesn't do that. He never takes that gun with his right hand and stands there and holds it out with his right hand in front of him and aims it directly
3: at you, does he? No, he does this, pointing it directly at my head.
2: And you thought that's the way he was going to shoot you?
3: Yeah. You
2: thought he ran up close to you to to shoot you? Yes. Did you think he was reaching in to grab your gun? No. You didn't think he was going to take your gun away, did you? I thought he was going to shoot me. With his pistol? Yes. Which he never actually does, correct? Correct. He never fires that gun at you at all? No. In fact, in this entire sequence of events, no one ever fired a gun at you,
3: did they? Mr. Zeminski fired a gun from behind me.
2: Did Mr. Zeminski fire that gun at you? I
3: believe so.
0: What do you base that on? Did you see it? The video. Did you see it? No. Binger next asks the defendant about the aftermath of the Grosskreutz shooting.
2: After you kill Anthony Huber, shoot Gage Grosskreutz and attempt to fire those two shots at the person who who jumped at you, you got up and you walked away, didn't you? Yes. And you're about, what, a block away from the police line? Yes. And you know that police line's there because you're running towards it. Yes. And there's really nothing in the road between you and that police line, is there? After the shooting? Everybody scatters? No, nothing in the road. So you have a clear line of sight from where you did those shootings to those law enforcement vehicles, correct? Yes. And you still have your AR-15. Yes. And the crowd is pretty much run after they hear the shots, right? Yes. You still have your medic bag. Yes. Correct? Yes. You never once offer to help anybody that you just shot, correct? I don't correct you don't correct anthony huber is lying there over on the ground after you shot him once in the chest correct yes you didn't know at that point whether he was alive or dead did you i didn't you never went over to check did you no you didn't know whether it was possible to save his life at that moment or not
3: did you i didn't
2: and you didn't even care you just kept on walking
3: correct i kept walking to get to the police line
2: Gage Grossquartz, right after you shoot him in the arm, is yelling, I need a medic. Did you hear that? Yes. That's in the videos, isn't it? Yes. You don't do anything to help him, do you? No. You just decide to get out of there as fast as you can, correct? Yes. If you had seen someone running up the street with a gun and the crowd was saying that that person just shot someone like they were saying about you, you would have taken action to stop them yourself, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't have. You're running around putting out fires, aren't you? Yes. A shooting's far more serious than a fire, isn't it? Yes. You took it upon yourself to do the things that the police and the fire weren't doing—that fire departments weren't doing that night, correct?
3: I helped put out fires, but I wouldn't say that.
2: You went around offering medical service because you didn't think there were EMTs or EMS that would be able to come in there, correct? Yes. So you took it upon yourself to do the things that you didn't think the police or fire
3: could do, correct? I wouldn't say I took it upon myself, but I I was helping people with first aid and putting out fires at businesses.
2: So if you saw someone running with a gun and everybody said, that guy just shot someone, you would have taken your AR-15 and tried to stop him, wouldn't you? It goes to the crowd's reaction to him, Your Honor. I think he would have reacted the same way.
0: The the crowd is important in terms of it's a factor that bears on the some of the counts as to what the surroundings were. Uh, Otherwise, the crowd is unimportant. And what the crowd, what he might have done vis-a-vis the crowd is, uh, I I don't see where we're going.
2: Understood. What did you say? They they pepper sprayed you. I believe so, but I don't remember it. They told you to get out of the road. Yes. Because they were going in there. Yes. To do what you hadn't done, which is to try and help the people that you just shot, right? Yes. And, yeah, and then you went after, back after that to the 59th Street car source, didn't you? Yes. And you told them that you just shot someone. Yes. Someone, meaning an individual person,
3: correct? I wasn't meaning individual. I was saying I just shot someone. I just shot someone.
2: You were told by Nick Smith that the police were coming to your location, to the 59th Street car source, right? I don't recall that. And yet, you decided
3: to flee, didn't you? No. You didn't stick around for the police, did you? I I went to go turn myself into the Antioch Police Department a couple of hours later, an hour wasn't a couple
1: hours, no
0: time it was.
2: I'm asking the witness, if the witness can answer.
0: Uh.
2: Go ahead, you could answer, sir. It was a couple of hours later, wasn't it? No. And in between leaving that location in downtown Kenosha and getting to Antioch, you were looking at social media, weren't you? No,
3: I wasn't. My phone was dead. You had heard from other people that your name was out there, right? Later on in the evening, I believe, I heard something, but no. You knew that your picture was out there, right? No. You're telling
2: me... As you sit here under oath, that after those shootings, between then and the time you turned yourself into the Antioch Police Department, you had no idea that there was social media out there with your picture and your name as the shooter.
3: I'm trying to recall, but I I can't. I'm I'm trying to remember. I'm sorry, I don't remember.
0: With that, Binger concludes his questioning of the defendant. The defense announces that they have nothing further, and Kyle Rittenhouse is excused as a witness. That also brings us to the end of this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Join us on our next episode as we recap the defendant's testimony with Abby Smith.
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced by Chris Tarricone and Aaron Karenik, and it was edited by Chris Tarricone. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.